Welcome to the Danny Palmer Show. Does it sound cool if I say it like that? I'd argue no, Danny. Person that is the person that recorded that. I mean, I guess I can only comment on the intro so many times before it's just going to seem really stupid. So, all right, maybe that's the last one. <laughs> What's up, you gins, you fucking gins? Welcome to the third ever story time, the slightly less popular <laughs> feature of my podcast <laughs> behind the interviews. But hey, you know, it's nice to to have a little forum to talk and stuff. So if people don't like it, not to listen, it's fine. It's just me sitting here in my apartment being hated by my neighbors. Uh, yeah, dude, I had like two people over on Friday night, like 1230. And then my neighbors are like, now they're trying to like get me evicted. It's like, bro, it's Friday night in New York City on the Lower East Side, but whatever. I guess that's neither here nor there. I'm just an untamed 45-year-old guy that occasionally has two people over. I'm crazy. Okay, it was three, but whatever. It just sounds better if it's two, okay? Okay. Um, yeah, this past weekend, uh, I guess it's almost a week, whatever. It's really fun. Um, you know, New York, obviously, as the rest of the country is, the rest of the world is experiencing is, you know, not what it once was, but there are moments of uh, fun and camaraderie that can be had. Uh, you know, you can drink outside on McDougal Street at the Comedy Cellar. That's really fun. <laughs> I told, I think I've drank over a bottle of their Tangeray there. Uh, and um, I did a show in Queens Backyard Show. Set last Saturday, I did a show, another Backyard Show, which is the only way you can really do comedy in New York City these days. Um, it was this girl's birthday, and uh, it was fun, man. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just weird to talk about doing anything, uh, you know, comedy wise in today's world because it's like, uh, is this, is this okay? I don't know if this is okay. Is it fine? Uh, but you know, I I think that uh, New York City comics have been finding ways to persevere and do rooftop shows and shows in the park. There's ways to, there's ways to do it, but. Who knows? Maybe comedy will disappear forever. But in the meantime, you got to pick your spots and blah, blah, fucking blah. All right. So, <laughs> wow, Danny, you're so good at this. I uh, Last week on Storytime, I mentioned um, performing stand-up for the first time. And then the second time, it was basically a complete disaster. And I was hated, much as I am these days as well. Um, but after... That was in Atlanta in like 2006, I think. And then I got discouraged after that second show because I offended the audience and kind of bombed. And by kind, I mean, I bombed. <laughs> and then I was debating, you know, it's like if you try stand up a couple times, the well, then it's like, okay, well, now what? Are you going to keep going? Like, how do you keep going? It's hard to, you know, immerse yourself into a world that you don't know or understand. And in Atlanta at the time, I mean, the comedy scene has definitely expanded substantially since then. It was decent then, but, um, you know, it was difficult to start in that world. And it wasn't, there weren't as many opportunities to perform stand-up in Atlanta then as there are now. Um, so the the main place that people kind of pointed to besides the Punchline Comedy Club, and I don't think Laughing Skull existed at that time, um, was this place called Relapse Theater on, I believe, on like 8th Street in Midtown not far from the Georgia Tech campus. Um, it's a really cool building and venue. I, they seem to go through these phases of like, now we're open, now we're closed. 
Um, I'm not sure if they're open right now, but um, there's actually been comedy specials filmed there. Um, what the fuck? Rory Scovel filmed his special at the Relapse Theater, and it's basically an old church uh, with a sanctuary. That's going to be part of one of my stories here uh, today. And then there's also like a downstairs venue that where they have like it says Relapse Theater on the wall, and it's like a like man's evolution from being like a monkey to like a human being uh, displayed on the wall. It's cool. It's like this underground Atlanta comedy scene and it's in Midtown and you know, the cool kids like to go there and smoke cigarettes by the railing outside. It's fun. Um, it is a lot of fun, but that was like one of the places that I was told you could go to do open mics. So I did comedy, I think twice. And then I'm like, all right, Danny, if you're going to be a comedian, you've got to keep going. Um, I was dating this girl cat at the time and I was just afraid to, you know, to tank and not do well. And I'll never forget. She told me, she's like, Danny, you're, you're going to bomb. So, you know, if you want to become a comedian, you're going to bomb. So I went to, um, I finally summoned the nerve after quite some time after that second show to go down to relapse theater and do an open mic. And I was just terrified to do anything by myself. Like I was used to being with my college friends or friends I had made in Atlanta whenever I went somewhere but I would never like go to a restaurant or a bar by myself. I just didn't have that kind of confidence. And I just, it just made me feel socially anxious to do that. Cause I don't think I have social anxiety, but sometimes at the beginning I do, I'm like, Oh fuck. Oh fuck. This is going to be terrifying. I'm going to guess everybody does. So anyways, I finally summoned the nerd to go to this open mic. And I think it was at like seven o'clock on like a Wednesday or something. It was downstairs in the showroom. And I don't know how the fuck you sign up for an open mic. Like what the fuck do you do? So I walked into the room and I just kind of sat down in a chair and looked around and I, I, I didn't know what to do. Like, how do you do it? <laughs> Did does someone just, you just walk up? Like I thought the definition of open mic was literally like the mic is open. No one's even up there, dude. Just run up and grab the mic and start talking. That's not, that's not how it works. <laughs> There's a system. It's usually reasonably well organized. So, um, there's usually a list, right? It's pretty simple. Um, so I, someone told me like, you got to talk to this guy. I don't, know if I, just, I don't know if I should say his name, but he's a nice guy, but I just didn't know him well at the time. And, and, um, he was kind of one of the names in the scene. Like he kind of ran a few either mics or shows. We call them mics, not open mics, mics or shows around Atlanta. Um, they're like, yeah, just go up to that guy and, and get on the list. And so I walked up gingerly, tentatively afraid to this guy. And I go, hey, um, hey, man, is this is this where you sign up for the open mic? And he just kind of like glanced up at me and made this kind of snide remark. I mean, he was probably just kidding, but I was petrified to even ask how it works because I'm already putting myself out there to do stand up in the first place. I don't know anybody in this room. It's like this dark underground cool scene. And he said something kind of snide like that, like this isn't the place or just like something to just kind of deter me from pursuing putting my name on this list. And I literally walked out of the building and quit stand up for two years <laughs> because I was terrified to be more firm. And I mean, looking back on it, I should have just had the confidence to be like, Oh, what? Oh, come on, dude. Just let me, what, what do I do? Do I need to sign up for somewhere? Like, just tell me the process. But at that time I didn't have the confidence and, um, you know, I wasn't able to summon, one of my friends to go with me, which I tried to. My buddy Mike, I was like, dude, will you please go with me? He's like, I, I can't tonight, man. I'm like, fuck. 
how can I go sign up for an open mic without my safety net? And it's funny because looking back years later, now that I've been doing stand up in New York for a long time, I mean, people go to open mics by themselves all the time. In fact, people almost exclusively go alone because nobody wants to go with them to a stupid open mic. Um, so that was my <laughs> initial foray into doing anything in the comedy world besides the two shows that I was able to get on to begin my quote unquote career. Um, but then I did want to, I wanted to, I, I was, you know, dip my toes in the water so that another suggestion somebody had is they said, you should take an acting class. So the relapse theater also had an acting class. Um, I think I'm trying to, I can't remember if it was acting or improv. I'm pretty sure it's acting. So anyways, um, near the, the downstairs room is where the show is, right? That's where the, the showroom is for stand-up shows. Upstairs in this old church sanctuary is where they would have the acting courses. And it's like a real, it's like a big, um, audit, what do you call it? Like a, a room where the church service is held. <laughs> um, it's, it's like a church. So I, I went upstairs and it's like, this was at like probably 8.30 at night. And I walked in and it was very, very dark in there. I don't think they had any lights on. And there were probably like 20 to 30 people that were just kind of like milling about and waiting for the class to begin. And I was like, okay, here I am by myself back at relapse. Don't know anybody terrified socially. Let's begin. <laughs> and so they finally came in the room and somebody went up to the front, I guess the instructor. And he was like, all right, guys, I need everybody to lay down on the ground like on your back and i think he had us do some like breathing exercises for a minute or two so now you're just laying on the ground in this darkened church sanctuary that's the word um kind of looking up or maybe he had us close our eyes and you're around 30 other people but don't know them well and or don't know any of them at all i mean they knew each other which also made me feel socially anxious because a lot of them knew each other. And then I was like, eh, I'm the new uh, bald guy that's uh, interested in this uh, entertainment arena. So I'm laying there staring up at the, at, the, at the ceiling and the instructor goes, okay, now what I want you to do is think of an animal, any animal. So you're like, all right, I'm gonna think of an animal. And he goes, and when you open your eyes, I want you to be that animal in the room and interact with the other animals in the room. And in my head, I was like, oh fuck, I gotta get out of here. What? I can't just act like an animal around complete strangers the first time I've ever taken any kind of acting class. I was terrified, but I was like, I can't just walk out. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. When you open your eyes, be an animal, and I just like shuffle out. Um, so, so I did it. So I opened my eyes, and I think I wanted to be like a leopard. <laughs> So then I just remember like people were all kinds of, they were like giraffes and bears. And I think there were a lot of cats, obviously. I guess I was a leopard. And so they started making like meows sounds. And, and I just remember me and this girl were on our hands and knees sniffing each other because <laughs> I can't remember if she was like a, maybe she was a cat and I was a leopard. And then we just literally run our hands and knees trying to like sniff each other like not in a sexual way like in a, a you know like a cat or like an animal way 
but just completely insane behavior. And I just remember thinking, I don't think entertainment is for me. <laughs> I don't. But I mean, you know, I, I guess I understand why they did that, but because um, it really makes you lose, set aside your inhibitions and really dive into the character that you're, that you're trying to be. But that just was really overwhelming. <laughs> I was, and then I just quit that too. So my two stories today were about quitting. Just whatever dream you have, just quit it. It's not going to work. You're going to be bad at it. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, the first time I did an open mic, nightmare. First time I took acting class, maybe 15 times more terrifying than just not signing up for an open mic. Um, so then I just waste basically two years later, moved to New York City and signed up for a year-long year uh, stand-up like educational program here because I didn't really... I was having a hard time operating without structure and maybe if you're a newer comic listening to this you might relate to that i was just used to being like in school where you have assignments and quizzes and tests and finals and you know the semester ends at this date and and you're with your peers and you're being measured on a number scale and uh, then you enter the entertainment world the stand-up world and it's just this unstructured loose gathering of people and there's really no set rules i mean there's definitely a structure and a system to it but it's not the same as being in the academic world so moving to new york and taking this year-long program gave me kind of the structure and support i needed to then finally flap my wings and fly fly you 32 year old man that didn't figure out what you wanted to do till you were in your 30s fly to new york aha there you go two stories in the books things are going fine um, what if I committed, what if I confessed to a series of crimes now? Uh, I was just going to wrap up by my friend, Eric listened to this last week on his way to work. He said, and he's like, he's like, just listen to the first 18 minutes. He's like the last minute and a half is just Danny flailing, trying to get to 20 minutes, which eh, fair point, fair point. Um, but I'll close with this inspirational quote that I'm, that I've always liked to read. So I don't know if you guys remember when, uh, Conan O'Brien was hosting the tonight show um back in what was this when that happened that whole like you know fiasco with jay leno and the time zone thing and or the, the time slot jay leno had 10 o'clock and conan at 11 conan only ended up hosting the tonight show for like what was it like two um or like two months or something like that and then after that he went through this period of time where he would just like grew a beard and did like this traveling show but he just seemed like kind of you know, adrift. He moved himself and his family and his staff and their families to Los Angeles um, to to host the Tonight Show, and it just didn't work out. And then he, uh, I think it was an interview that he had, said this um, great quote, and I've always enjoyed it, found it inspiring. <clears throat> Excuse me. He goes, um, "It is our it is our failure to become our perceived ideal that defines us and makes us unique." It's not easy, but if you accept your misfortune and handle it right, your perceived failure can become a catalyst for profound reinvention. No specific job or career goal defines me, and it should not define you. Whether you fear it or not, disappointment will come. The beauty is that through disappointment, you can gain clarity, and with clarity comes conviction and true originality. Work hard, be kind. And amazing things will happen. Um, I've always appreciated that because I, I definitely feel that that applies to to my life and I'm sure many people's lives. Of okay, 
you know, I'm 22, whatever. I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to become this, you know, marriage family therapist or uh, recruiter or HR journalist or, or whatever, you know, um, initial aspirations people have in their lives. I'm just speaking from my perspective, but I think this applies pretty universally. And then, uh, you know, a lot of times that shit doesn't work out and you can, you just got to decide how you're going to handle that disappointment and that quote unquote failure, because it actually might not be failure if it steers you in a better direction and allows you the clarity to figure out who you actually are. Um, another thing about that is I, I feel that, um, you know, one good way to figure out what you want to do with your career, because people are like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I, even today, I'm not, you know, you could be in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and still not know exactly what you want to do, uh, and then feel lost or adrift or disappointed in yourself that you don't know what to do. But one good way to is to just try different things, right? Like go try stacking, <laughs> stacking, acting, stand up, improv, um, if, go try market it, whatever it is that you want to do or that you think you might want to do, just try it for a while, maybe like 30 days, 60 days. And then if, and then just through like process of elimination, um, you can say, okay, I wanted to do, I wanted to, um, to be an NFL quarterback and I didn't make it onto the high school team. Thus I can't be an NFL quarterback. Um, but I did enjoy the weightlifting and working out. So maybe I could be, uh, a gym teacher, or maybe I could become a yoga instructor. Maybe I could open up my own gym. Um, but there's just that process of elimination I think is important. Um, and I don't know if this is wise or if this is just fucking stupid. Danny, just fucking end it. No, but I'm at 18 minutes. I have to keep going. God fucking damn it. I guess that's basically it, guys. I appreciate you listening. It's weird to talk just by yourself for 18 minutes, but I don't know. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. Uh, thank you for listening to Storytime. Um, the, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode with my buddy Ryan DeCarlos, Rye Daddy, about space. That guy's a fucking maniac. <laughs> Rye Daddy, the fucking dad. Um, all right, you guys are great. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. It's, um, I think it's been like, what, like two? Actually, it's been like three, four weeks since I launched it. Um, and it's been great and very uh, life-affirming that people are continuing to listen and be my friends. Do you guys want to be my friends? Can I just make weird sounds to get to 19 minutes? I feel like that's really, really, really going to anger my friend Eric, but I just, I just have a, maybe it's OCD or like, I just don't want it to end at 1853. That seems insane. I mean, if I can just like make some weird sounds for literally two more seconds, literally one more second, literally. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Bye. Chat. Oh boy. I got to hit the right button. Well, now we're at 1907. Should I just keep it going to fucking 20? No, Danny. Turn it off.